0: bring it in super bowl 57 four days away from recording it now i'm sorry i'm clapping as i keep saying that i'm excited i just told the boys i just watched an eagles hype video on twitter and i am jazzed as all hell we are so close to the super bowl this will be our last time talking to y'all before the super bowl we have an awesome pod in store we're going to break down both sides of the ball for both teams the matchups go through the position groups, so like we did for the nfc afc championship games and then wrap up with our picks it's a loaded day Vito's getting ready to, to fly back to philly before then he flies to arizona for the super bowl and Scotty representing Philly with his outfit, with the background. He's got the Philly skyline. I am amped up, boys. We're catching me on a positive Philly day, which has been back and forth like no other. I'm so excited for this Super Bowl. It's going to be amazing. How are you guys? Are you as amped as I am, Vito? You have to be on cloud nine right now because you're like done work after today, right? And then
1: tomorrow you're flying Getting on out. a
2: bird to go see the birds.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, uh, Man, it hasn't hit yet. It hasn't, I was talking to, you know, Nick, my boy we're going, I'm going with, and
2: it hasn't hit us yet
1: him either. I think what's going to happen is when I get on that plane with all those people from Philly and I'm wearing my, my Eagles Jersey, I think it's going to be a rowdy plane ride. It's five hours changed from uh, Philly direct over to, to Arizona, to the Phoenix airport, Sky Harbor, just finished some renovation. Shout out. Anyway, It's going to be nuts. And I know it hasn't hit me yet. So I'm honestly still calm, cool, collected, just getting a little nervous for the game. But I think tomorrow, um, I got some, some stuff in the morning and then right at probably lunch, I'm going to, I'm going to go berserk.
0: (laughs) I'm so jealous. Like, dude, you're put aside the fact that like, you live in Philly, the Eagles are like your second team. You, you root for the Eagles uh, as long as they're not playing the Broncos. And the fact that you're going to be sitting with your best friend and his family watching his your best friend's younger brother play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you as our NFL historian, you're going to your first Super Bowl. Like You are the guy that goes to Canton every year. You were there last weekend, right, just to go visit the Hall of Fame once a year. You have a membership card with the Hall of Fame. Like That's how often you go there. You love this league and this sport as much as anybody I know not just for the X's and O's or the game. You just love everything about this. You have to be on cloud nine just as a football fan to be in person, to see a fucking Super Bowl. That's unbelievable, dude.
1: It's, it's honestly hard to not get emotional about it. The first time I found out I was crying and uh, it's hard to not even get emotional now thinking about it. This football means more to me than it. A lot of people say it probably should. Um, you guys know, I, I'm like, to me, football means everything. And there's a lot of people out there like me. You guys are in a similar boat, but you know what I mean? It's just, it, it consumes, not consumes, but it, you make so much of your life about football because you love the sport. You love what it means. You know, this is where, this sport is where I learned about teamwork and, and, you know, just how one person and how a team just like think about momentum. Right. That translates to real life, like building that every day with a team or who you're working with or with your family or with your friends. And there's just something about this game that teaches you so much about life and to go witness the two teams that started in June, July, working on this stuff. And now we're in February. um, It's just special to go to your point, witness this, my favorite memory um, that I've always wanted to see is growing up, you'd see the Super Bowl kickoff and all the flashes of all the cameras would go off in the bowl. And, and obviously it's a little different with iPhones, probably won't see that as much anymore, but that opening kickoff and seeing all of those flashes, that's, that for me is like going to be a really special moment, the anthem, everything like that. And you're right, Jeff, man, this means the world to me. It really does. This is, this is a beyond a bucket list opportunity. This is truly once in a lifetime. And, um, like reverence and, and just respect and just uh, humble is how I feel about the opportunity to even see it in person.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, people, life is about, you know, and this is going to get real meta for a second. Right. But like, you know, first, you know, the first amendment, right. Or the constitution or was it? You know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Right. You know, and, and happiness comes in so many different ways. And one of the cool things about, our world is like we all find things that we gravitate towards, whether it's music, art, you know, whatever it is. And sure, there are going to be people out there who go like, oh, you shouldn't care that much about football. Football shouldn't mean that much. To you. It does. It does. If you played it growing up, it means something to you. If, if you grew up in a, in a world where it was a really important part of your life, it means something. And to be at the pinnacle of not just football, because it is the pinnacle of football, but the pinnacle of sports, the Super Bowl. I mean, it's unbelievable right? I mean, uh, uh, the only thing, the only single sporting event that makes more money uh, or or is worth more is technically March Madness, at at least in American sports, the World Cup, Olympics, you know, they're kind of, they're a little different. Um, But it's March Madness, but March Madness is also three weeks long and it's still barely eclipses what the Super Bowl is, right? The Super Bowl is a massive, massive deal in our cultural society. I mean, it's one of those few things where it's like every year, whether you're a football fan or not, like people go to parties people go and watch it like it's the one time the non-football fans check in to watch it and it's a holiday for those who are big football fans and and we are a sports-obsessed culture in america and we are a football-obsessed culture in america and for you to have an opportunity to be there in addition to being with childhood friends you knew grant when he was a a kid and now he's three years old now he's yeah. playing in a Super Bowl. I mean, what a surreal moment, and it's just it's awesome. So, I'm stoked for you. And if the Eagles win, I expect a Facetime from the stadium. Like, I want you still to be there when you Facetime me. I need that guarantee. Uh, I, I, I will there.
1: guarantee you that.
0: Take as many pictures and videos and as as much as you can because it's going to be an unbelievable experience. Um, Scotty, not to not to. Not to I don't bear, know how to follow that to, really. Say, <laughs> yeah, we kind of set you up for failure there um how are you (laughs) feeling getting ready for super bowl what is what does the super bowl mean uh... to you because you're as diehard as we are with this stuff man i mean yeah
2: and i've seen a lot in my day uh with the i've been blessed to be uh born into a family of fans in a city that uh that had a dynasty right before i was born and uh and won a couple super bowls thereafter so uh as a niners fan it's we that's our expectation um every year uh year in and year out so uh, I'm just uh, this year living vicariously through you guys, um, and you know, just enjoying the things that uh, Super Bowl Sunday brings. My wife, since uh, since I've been dating her, uh, and and since we've been married, even she likes to theme uh, the food for the game based on whoever whoever's playing. So we will be having Philly cheesesteaks on Sunday uh, for y'all, um, uh, and some Can wings too. Can give you
0: too. a tip? Can I give you a tip to make it as authentic as possible? Yeah. Do you guys have an Aldi near you?
2: Uh like I don't the
0: grocery store.
2: It's it's a drive. But if what, I need to I'll make it is, I all I will do my best.
0: Aldi is the only place in Vito you living in Philly you'll know this too. Uh Amoroso rolls, which is a brand around Philly, they mm-hmm. make the best rolls and the most Now they're smaller ones they're like half size, you know, little like sandwiches, like the ones you would get for like a meatball sub kind of things. And they're kind of yeah. small. They're only about five, six inches long. Uh, but it's I'll identical. eat four of those. <laughs> it's identical to the bread you would get in Philly. So well
2: that's huge because for both me and my wife, the bread is the best part of the or the, the biggest is part is of the, sandwich, the most so
0: important part of a cheesesteak. Not even re- remotely close. The bread is the single most important part yeah. of a cheesesteak. Um, so yeah. So I, we'll do that. I'll, I'll, these... I'll make
2: sure I get that bread um, and I'll continue to live vicariously through you, Vito, uh, Jeff, and your fandom, and my my mom too. She's she lives in Scottsdale. She's been all over the place doing activities all week. She's texting me from the set of uh, in Old Town Scottsdale of uh, from first take this morning and uh, and um, uh, NFL nice. Live yesterday afternoon. So I'm living vicariously through you all. And well, I'm rooting for the Eagles.
0: And as a football, as a football fan, you got a lot of Eagles fans in your life, so it's always easy. Yeah. If the Niners were in here, I'd be rooting for the Niners. You know, I, I would be. Um. And it, I, I think we're in store for what's going to be a really fun game, man. I, I re- the more and more I think about it, right, I go back and forth between the Eagles are going to kill them, the Giants are, or the <laughs> the Giants, the uh, the the Chiefs are going to kill us. Like it just kind of goes back and forth. And and typically when that's the mindset, and obviously knowing myself as a fan, like I'm. I'm I'm sucking in the the poison the rat poison as Nick you know as Nick Saban would say. I'm also drinking the Kool Aid of of an Eagles fan, right? So I'm going back and forth between negative and positive here, um, but ultimately I think that just means that there's two really good teams, right? And we're talking about an all-time great in the making in Patrick Mahomes, uh, a young, incredibly well-built team here in the Philadelphia Eagles with incredible leadership at the top. Uh, on the field as well, young head coach, Sirianni. I mean, the storylines have been so much fun to follow. Everything about this game has been fun to follow. And I, I just, I, Sunday can't get here soon enough. You know, I feel like I've just been trying to find distractions for myself. You know, how <laughs> what can I do to just not think about this game too much so I can just enjoy it? Because that's the one thing. It's like the first week, you know, you're living off the high of the NFC Championship game. And then you get to, you know, the second week and then it the, the reality all starts to hit in. But you you also, as a fan, you have to take these moments um, and, and love them for what they are. Like, it sucked when the Phillies just lost in the World Series last year. I mean, that was unexpected. Not quite the same thing as this Eagles season, right? But they were still there, right? And they hit the seven home runs in game two or game three of the World Series. Like, they had moments. And, like, even though it sucked when they lost and I was really, really bummed, I still walk away from that whole super that whole world series run being like God how much fun was that is you know and, and the Super Bowl gives you that opportunity with the two weeks to just sit there and be like my team is playing in the fucking Super Bowl. This is the third time in my life that this has happened. It's only second time as someone who I was in second grade, I think I think I was like eight or nine years old when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl the first time. Uh in my lifetime at least. And now second time in, in five years yesterday was the five year anniversary of the parade. So I was getting the, like the memories on my phone being like five years ago today, you were, you were sitting there on broad street, you know, you were, you were walking up the Ben Franklin parkway. You were sitting there right near city hall, watching the Zach Ertz and Doug Peterson and Nick Foles and all those guys go by. And it's just, those moments don't come around because you never know when you're going to get back. And, and people can say, Hey, you got a young nucleus, Jalen hurts, all this stuff. Good. You never know when you're going to get back. So Um, there's a whole lot to get into and we're going to do it. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to focus on first Eagles offense, chiefs defense. We'll take a break. We'll do chiefs offense, Eagles defense. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with our, our picks there at the end. So, uh, with that boys, let's jump in early thoughts here, right? Eagles offense, chiefs defense from what we've talked about here on the pod before, right? It, It feels as though, we, we all are kind of in the same boat thinking the Eagles should be able to score comfortably against this defense, but there's a few things to keep in mind, right? Uh, number one, there is some really, really good talent on this chiefs defense, right? It's easy to look at it and say, Oh, it's Chris Jones and a bunch of nobodies, right? Well, that's not necessarily true and that's not necessarily how they've been playing, right? They just went up against one of the best offenses in football last week and held them to 20 points. And you can also say, all right, well, you know, Joe Burrow had no offensive line and they were missing three of their five starters and had third stringers all across the board, trying to fill in and, and do their best. But at the same time, it's still T Higgins. It's still Jamar chase. It's still Joe Mixon. And of course, Joe Burrow and this chiefs defense did a really, really, really good job. The rookies, uh, the chiefs have played. This is the first time that there's a team in the super bowl that have played. uh, I, I think it's over 900 snaps. Sorry. No, it's more than that. Um, nine hundred is how many eagle snaps there have been. I believe it's like over like a, I think oh God, I'm gonna fuck up the center. I think it was like five thousand snaps across the year, uh, but it's the highest number of snaps a team has ever had rookies play and make the Super Bowl. So there is a lot of an experience. And with Lejarius Need clearing concussion protocol, we are looking at <clears throat> instead of it being three rookie cornerbacks, it's going to be one veteran, two rookie cornerbacks and if they go into dime it'll be three rookie uh cornerbacks there so uh strengths weaknesses where do you think the eagles can take advantage of against this chiefs defense and what's your confidence level with this birds team going up against a chiefs defense that has marginally improved throughout the entire season and uh, to this point is a top 10 defense in the nfl
1: yeah man i mean we always start with the line and i do think that what you're gonna have to do with the Eagles. A lot, of, uh, um, a lot of the runs last week, um, y- you could clarify as inside runs, right? I mean, they kind of bounce outside sometimes. Miles Sanders says that, that kind of approach. And I think you're going to need that. You're going to need to focus on running on the outside and really matching your running backs against linebackers, stretching them side to side, because you just basically don't want to go within two feet of Chris Jones. Even though you have the most dominant interior line, uh, the Eagles do uh, you know, in, in the NFL, Chris Jones is that disruptive. Like you said, Frank Clark's played better. Carl Loftus has had a, a better second half of the year, especially last quarter of the year than the rest of it. Um, so they have played a little bit better than maybe people think, but it, it still comes down to the line play and the running. And, you know, on the outside, you're going to need to make three or four big plays. You got to score if you're playing against KC. I think we all know that, right? This game, if you want to win as the Eagles, you got to put up probably high 20s, if not 30 points in this game or, or more. And, um, well, and but I without that, giving
2: Mahomes the ball too, you don't want to score too quickly. So there's like that finesse fine line, right?
1: Yeah, there, there is. But I think that that's, that's the point is you're going to have to take your shots. And, you know, if it's A.J. Brown against Watson, I think you bomb it deep. Obviously, Sneeds being back is big because he's pretty solid. Um, you know, can Quez break the top off and at least, you know, get the safeties backing up a bit for an A.J. Brown deep in? Just some of those big plays, right? On some third and longs, do they have the scheme right to go and hit those? Goddard's going to be big in this game. Uh, but you know, running to the outside, and then you gotta you gotta hit three to four big shots if you're Jalen Hurts in order to win this game. That's that's my take. When,
2: when you say outside runs, are you talking design like stretch plays or yeah zone, yeah zone reads and then bounce to the outside?
1: Ex- both of those, I think, clarify. It's just running running guard in, in in that gap in between the guard and tackle and outside.
2: And forcing a linebacker to beat you down the, exactly. of the in the second level.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, for me, go ahead. yeah, I
2: mean, like for me, it's 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 the same thing, right? It's it's, and we'll talk about it in detail when we talk about the sides of the ball. But if you're the Eagles' offense, you do all that right, uh, right? You get the run game going. You're able to stretch uh, in the vert pass game. Um, like I think they'll be able to. I trust my defense. And look, it's Patrick Mahomes, we get that. But they're the Chiefs are not here without 15, um, even 75% of him, right, on that hobbled ankle. So even if he is healthy, right, um, I think the name of the game is, is you trust your offense to do. And we saw Sirianni preach this all season long, including in the postseason. You play the game that's in front of you. You don't know, care about what's going on around you. You don't know, care about, uh, well, like, Uh, like who the stars are on the other side of the ball. Uh, That's important, but, you know, at the same time, you have to play what's in front of you. And the most important thing right now is to trust how they got there. Uh, That offense has been electric all year. We've seen that defense has been stellar when healthy, and I think they're going to continue that way. And if I'm Sirianni, I'm looking at my both two sides of the ball, and I'm saying I trust both of them more than I trust uh, like if you're looking at it on a, on a balance scale, right. You trust both sides of your ball more than the other uh, than the chiefs, both sides of the ball. So that's, that's where the balance tips for me. And that's what that tends to win games, uh, Super Bowl games.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, the Eagles at the line of scrimmage, like, like Vito said, like you were talking about there, Scotty, like the Eagles definitely have the advantage on both sides. Um, but particularly the offensive line, there's a few things, right. Uh We're going to see a lot of Jordan Malata up against Frank Clark. Frank Clark is, I believe, number three all time in playoff sacks. He's kind of been known when he was playing in Seattle and now kind of reviving his career here in Kansas City. He's kind of been known as a guy who saves it for the playoffs, makes big-time plays and moments. Malata, at the same time, has had his two best games as a Philadelphia Eagle the last two games against the Giants and against the Niners. So Malata has taken his game to another level here in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be a fascinating battle to me. So much of what happens with the Eagles offensive line and how successful they are, which we anticipate being successful comes down to how does Kansas city decide to use Chris Jones, right? I said earlier in the week, I think Kansas City's probably going to move Chris Jones to the outside. Right? I think we're going to see him move around that offensive line a lot. I don't think he's exclusively going to be on the outside. I don't think he's going to stay in the middle for the most part. I think they're going to move him around. Right. Um, and part of the reason you have to move him around is because where Chris Jones can really mess people up is on one. on when, when he finds ways to go one-on-one, right. The chiefs love to bring an extra linebacker down to the line of scrimmage and show that threat of, of blitz. Right. Um Jason Kelsey is, and this goes back to why he's so important. It's not just the incredible athleticism and how good of a blocker and offensive lineman is, it's the mental side of Kelsey, right? The center, a lot of people say like the quarterback's smartest player on the field, the center on really, really good offensive lines is often the smartest player on the field. And I think in this case for the Eagles, Jason Kelsey is. He has the most experience, he's seen the most, and he's also incredibly intelligent with his pre snap adjustments. And everyone else on that offensive line for the Eagles adapts to what he chooses to do. And I look at Jason Kelsey here. And and again, when Kansas city, and I think they're going to do this at some point, you're going to see it throughout the game. They're going to bring down Willie gay. or They're going to bring down Nick Bolton or one of their linebackers up in front of Kelsey with Chris Jones next to him. Right. And essentially what that would for most teams like Cincinnati that forces the Cincinnati center who middle of the road center uh, was a backup, actually, sorry, um, backup center to pick. Before the ball is snapped, hey, I'm taking this, this the linebacker. Then you have your, your left guard one-on-one with Chris Jones, and I'm sorry, you're just not winning that. Even the Eagles with Landon Dickerson, who's one of the best left guards in football, Landon Dickerson's not going to win that one-on-one matchup a ton. But after the ball is snapped, they create just enough of that confusion on the offensive line where the linebacker kicks back, goes back into coverage, And then it ends up getting a free one-on-one with Chris Jones and a guard and the center basically gets completely null and void. That is almost impossible to do against Jason Kelsey because Jason Kelsey's kickback after his snap is faster than anyone else in the NFL. And he's so good at reading things and understanding what is happening in front of him that I don't think Chris Jones is going to get any, or if you know, he gets some, it's not going to be a ton of these one-on-one interior matchups. And then it's okay. Well, if you move him out on outside, then he's lined up against Malada or he's lined up against Chris uh, Lane Johnson. In both cases, I still give the advantage one-on-one to the Eagles because the Eagles like having running or having uh, their tackles go one-on-one a lot. They trust Malata. They trust Lane Johnson as they should. Uh, the other thing with that too, is the Eagles have proven time and time again this year when they've played elite level pass rushers, we can just run away from you, yeah. right? We 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 can use you in the option game. We can design plays that completely ice you out of the game. So even if you play an absolutely perfect move, right, you put the perfect swim move, spin move, rip, whatever, against Lane Johnson, doesn't matter because the play was already set up for you to be irrelevant to how it was going to go anyway. Whatever decision you made was going to affect something else. And you'll have a couple of plays like the Nick Bosa almost safety against – the Eagles in the NFC championship game where Nick Bosa was just too good and Jalen made a mistake and then boom, there you go, almost have a safety, ends up being a sack. The Eagles can have someone like Chris Jones win his matchups the majority of the time and it's still not matter because that's how good they are at game planning. And that's kind of how dangerous this offense is when you can be as multiple as you can possibly be. And the Eagles are that way. I go back to what I say last week, though, in terms of the entire offense, because I tr- I think the Eagles' offensive line—that's a check mark. I, I I feel confident against Frank Clark, against Chris Jones. I don't think the Chiefs' defensive line is going to be an issue. To me, it's again, how healthy is Jalen? Because to your point, there, Scotty, you're going to have opportunities, right? If if the Chiefs decide to blitz, and and right now Jalen hurts against man-to-man blitzes is like top, I think he was like number four in the league, like actually a pretty good statistical numbers. Against zone blitzes, he was 24th, all right? The Chiefs love to zone blitz. They're definitely going to do that. The danger with that is you have two young, and even Le- Le- LeJarius Sneed is still young and not a particularly. he's not like a shutdown corner. It's like we're talking about Darius Slay on the other side there, right? Like we're talking about a pretty middle-of-the-road cornerback here if they end up sending a zone blitz against Jalen Hurts, if Jalen is accurate enough and his shoulder is healthy enough where you're going to get those one-on-one options because they're sending a zone blitz and he gets the ball out fast enough, those corners don't have a chance against A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. And they definitely don't have a chance against, you know, uh, Quez. Quez. Uh, and same thing with Dallas Goddard. Like, Dallas Goddard, I think, is, is probably the most under-talked-about person heading into this game because just as a safety valve, A lot of times this year, Jalen loved to just quick check down to Dallas Goddard, get him out in the flat, and he'll turn nothing into five yards pretty easily. That's been a big part of this Eagles offense throughout the season. So as a whole, I feel good. And then, of course, the one thing that you feel good about if you're an Eagles fan is the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball. But based off of what's happening on the other side, right, with, with Mahomes versus your defense, Jalen's going to have to throw the ball in this game and he's going to have to do it. Well, he's going to have to do it accurately. He doesn't have to throw for 300 yards. He doesn't have to have some monster statistical game, but the threat has to be there. And he has, he's going to have to prove it early. I bet you on their first drive, there is a deep threat. There's a deep shot at some point on their first drive, whether it's to Devante or AJ, there's going to be a deep threat just to show that Jalen can do it. And that's going to, again, force Kansas city to adjust, especially if you complete it, you get a 40 yard pass play on, you know, second and seven after a a first down run that all of a sudden gets in the head of all those cornerbacks to create space in the short passing game, which Jalen has still been able to do in the playoffs from what we've seen, because it's not like Jalen's been bad throwing the football. He's, he's been bad compared to the standards that he had in the regular season. He's still been accurate throwing to the short, throwing the short ball, right. Throwing intermediate stuff. He's going to need that space and force Kansas city to respect his arm, which is also going to prevent them from blitzing him as much as they did.
1: And I I agree. I think this side of the ball, we kind of nailed on almost every player in those matchups. I think, you know, the crazy part that you, you kind of brought up there is this could change because the Eagles can do everything. They can, they can open it up and bomb it deep, or at least Jalen has been able to, if he's healthy, hopefully he can, they can just ground and pound but it really does matter where they're at in the game compared to the Chiefs. Because if Behomes score if all of a sudden they're down 14-0, the game changes for the Eagles a little bit. You know, luckily not immediately. I think I think Siriani, to your point, is a great game day head coach where he's not gonna freak out over being down 14 points. Like he's just not. But I do think that as a play caller, um, you know, we're we're gonna see the offensive coordinator here probably change it up a bit. And I'm excited to see what Jalen has. I think they've been conservative on that, especially in the 49ers game when they could be. Uh, But, you know, this is going to be a very interesting thing. you got to remember the biggest pass, right, that he made last game was that incompletion, actually, that was, you know, they hurried up and made a great play to keep it complete. And, like, you got to connect on those, though. If they don't connect on that, that whole, you know, beginning of that game changes against the Niners. I think that, you know, they're going to need, to your point, prove it early and then see what the other side says.
0: Well, and to that point, too, with that play in particular, Jalen does not like moving to his left and throwing. He's made some big throws this year, including the fourth and three to Devontae, right? The incomplete Mm -hmm. pass that was a completed pass. Um, That was a really smart defensive play by San Francisco where they kept a spy on him, and this is something that uh, Kansas City is going to do as well. They're going to keep a spy on on Hertz, but you can't have a spy when the whole field is open. So they're going to design blitzes and they're going to design pressures that force Jalen to his left. So that way, whoever is spying him only has to spy half of the field, right? Instead of him being the spy for the whole side of the field where he's going to take a step slow behind, he's going to be a step slow behind Jalen, create pressure, design blitzes that eliminate half of the field. So that way, when you're forcing him to his left, he's either going to have to throw it to his left, which he doesn't like doing, or you have, a, you have a spy there that's going to eliminate what he can do if a play breaks down, he tries to take golf and, and, and pick it up with his legs. There's a lot of stuff that Steve spagnola is going to have to do here. Now, the question is, and this is what I said before, why I think that, you know, the prop that I said about the first quarter under, right? Like, I think both of these teams are going to be feeling each other out for a little bit, but how the Eagles respond to what Spagnola has planned. And I heard Dominic Foxworthy talk about this. It's like, if you're Steve Spagnola, And this is something that actually, ironically, it's not going to sound like, but actually I think works in the Eagles' favor. If you're Steve Spagnola, you have to be thinking like two or three steps ahead, right? This has to be like a chess match. You're like, hey, we have this thing we're coming out with, but then we think they're going to do this, and then we're going to have another adjustment ready for that. And we're going to do these adjustments throughout the whole game. And we're going to constantly be adjusting what we do defensively just to try to get an edge, right? Just to try to stay one step ahead of what this Eagles offense is doing. Now... Normally I'd say, all right, that is an advantage for the chiefs. And that's something that Spagnola has done in the past. And I would expect him to do in this game. However, he's dealing with very inexperienced players. I mean, even Nick Bolton, who's a really solid player is still only in his second season in the NFL, the cornerback rooms and the secondary in particular is very inexperienced. Right. And in college, there is none of this. And that's what Dominic Foxworth was saying, right? There is, it's like, basically you have your formation, you have your defense and you don't really change that. Right. You don't go away from that at all you stick that you have your gate your go-to plans you might do a little bit of adjusting but this whole idea of like hey we might have five or six different game plans quote unquote in this game so that way we can constantly stay one step ahead how well these young cornerbacks who haven't had to really do that much in their life stepping up in the biggest stage going up against two elite level wide receivers how well are going to are they going to be able to continue to do that and how you know like Jalen may not have a ton of attempts or whatever, but he could also easily have 150 yards in the first like quarter and a half if a couple of big plays hit. Like that could very easily happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going up against a really young secondary with super explosive talent, and Jalen's gonna have to be up willing. And he doesn't look like he's in pain. It doesn't look like the velocity's off on his throws. It just looks, I guess, is just uncomfortable for him. We haven't seen what it's looked like. And the accuracy has been off a little bit on the deep balls. But hopefully, if you're able to connect on a couple of those, you're going to start getting in the heads of those cornerbacks. And all of a sudden, that opens up the A.J. Brown quick slant, right? The, the Devontae Smith drag route over the middle, right? The Devontae Smith sideline catch, or even a Quez Watkins deep ball. Dallas Goddard going over the middle. Like, I think if Jalen's arm is live in this game, which another two weeks of healing hopefully will allow him to be even better at that. I think the Eagles with Jalen throwing it have the chance to put this Chiefs offense in a complete pretzel because that's not even, we haven't even touched on the fact that we know the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball in this game.
1: I, I agree. I think, again, I think all of those matchups, especially in the like, dude, even Quez is going to be so unique in this game. And like, dude, can you just do enough? It's not, it's not Quez getting a huge play. It's can you make a safety turn and run with you when A.J. Brown's going to cut in behind him, right? Like that Devontae Smith doing a 20-yard in and Quez just takes the safety off. Like that. that's the stuff where um, the scheme matters. And, man, I love both these coaches for that. Like th- this is just going to be fun offenses. And I don't know. I, I'm ready to flip to the other side. But I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because, I like, the other side is even going to be insane too. But on this side, you know, to your point, the running, the play action, um, just a straight three-step drop, we're going to go ahead and and take a shot if we got a one-on-one on the outside. A.J. Brown has just obviously turned out to be – like I wish the NFL did the best offseason move. They're Like the best acquisition – the best player who moved teams would be a really cool award because I think A.J. Brown wins that. And I think it's like even – I don't know if it has to do with the GM too and what they gave up and everything, but – his impact on this offense. I mean, think about them in the playoffs last year. And obviously, you know, got routed by Tampa, but at the end of the year, you're like, oh, good, they made the playoffs, but they weren't a threat. And his presence on this offense has made it a top offense in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Uh, I go ahead, Scotty. I want to hear
1: I was I was
2: gonna say he's certainly the most impactful move I think we've seen from the offseason last year. Um, because of what he, he allows you to do, right. Not only is he an excellent blocker, he's one of the best route runners in the league. Um, he's one of the fastest wide receivers in the league. He's got the, some of the best hands in the league. So, um, his versatility helps, uh, you know, like that read option game from the Eagles is not solely squared on, on Jalen, the running back and the offensive line hitting their assignment every time that's, that's what that vertical passing game does, uh, and the threat of of Devonte who's and might be a better route runner than AJ uh which is insane um and and again we talked about this in the preseason with that acquisition with AJ Brown you put Devontae in the X you're not going to ask him to do a ton like he did in previous in the previous season where it was like Devontae, go we're going to get you the ball deep um you don't have to do that you can you can make your passing game a little more dynamic and open some stuff up in the middle of the field and in the second level that your offensive line as stacked as they are, can, can help you get to.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I mean, AJ Brown <clears throat> coupled with Devonte, like there was enough, What we right. saw in yeah. Devonte's like Devonte's like rookie year where you said, okay, he is going to be good, but Jalen wasn't quite the passer that he was and has turned into this year, which he's grown on a ton. Um, And A.J., because you just have to pay so much attention to him, it opens so much for Devontae. Like, Devontae ended up having, I think, like, 15 more catches than A.J. Brown did. A.J. Brown ended up having, like, 300 more yards, but they both were 1,000-yard receivers. They both had around the same number of touchdown catches. Um, And they complement each other really, really well. Uh, It's really difficult. And what's interesting is, like, I was looking through some of, um, like, Bill Barnwell did a really, really good breakdown of, uh, the Super Bowl just kind of hitting every major you know plot point, and one of them was talking about Steve Spagnola, who right now the, the Chiefs are 14th highest blitz rate in football this season. That number uh, it was 26.8 percent of opponent dropbacks he blitzed. That number has dropped in the postseason to 17.6 percent, which is surprising. I'm not going to lie, I, I thought, but yeah. part of that is also they were able to generate pressure against two significantly worse offensive lines than what they're going to have to play against this week. Uh, that has, I think protected a lot of the youth that they have in that secondary, the Eagles have a chance with that wide receiver room to completely expose them. Right. You have a chance, like if they're going to send blitz, even if they don't send pressure, right. Even if they send one guy, right. They're sending five at the line of scrimmage. The Eagles still win that matchup. That's one-on-one, right. And Jalen's ability to escape the pocket will definitely help in the Eagles favor. Um, But if they're going to drop back into coverage, right, especially that zone stuff, Jalen's going to have a lot of easy throws. And if there's nothing there, then he's going to be able to pick up five yards. Like we talk a lot about the Mahomes, like 12 yard pickup on third and 13 or third and 10 or whatever. That that's always so backbreaking. Jalen does a lot of that stuff, but like on first and second down. Yeah. Happened in the the second down.
1: Yeah. His second down runs to your point, like things will break down. You're like, Oh, maybe, maybe throw this away. And then all of a sudden he gets seven yards.
2: Yeah. and you're like, holy shit! <laughs> and it happened. It happens so much that like Eagles third down stats are almost negligible because they they just don't have that many third downs for that reason.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And that was that's one of the key points I have in this game, just for both sides, right? Who wins the third down battle, Right, the Eagles. Now the Eagles have the added advantage of like they're not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Andy reading them, they you know. The Eagles go for it. I think they went 20. I think it was 23 and 20 out of 26 fourth downs that they made this year. Like they only got stopped on fourth down like three or four times because they, they're aggressive. And some of those are fourth and sevens. And some of those are fourth and threes. And some of them are a lot of the fourth and inches where you're just riding up behind Jalen and they get it every single time. And so the Eagles have that added advantage of like, Hey, it's third and six, get us four yards. Cause we're going to go for it. You know? Um, and every time you do that, it's a and you get it successfully because again, it's the field position battle against Mahomes isn't important. It, it, it's he no matter where on the field he is, he's still going to be a threat to score. Now, obviously, you'd like to pin them back and make them work for it a little bit more, but for the most part, you just want to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands as much as possible. So, being able to use four downs gives the Eagles a distinct advantage uh, when it comes to you know keeping the ball out of the hands continuing drives sustaining drives getting long scoring drives uh and and the eagles do it better than anybody else in football and they are going to have to do it but the other thing with this year is the eagles have also been really really good on third down and part of that is jalen's escapability right pass play breaks down he sees a hole boom he takes it design qb run because they're spreading everything out and there's a hole up the middle and he takes it for 10 yards and then he's so hard to tackle i mean jalen hurts is bigger than nick bolton he weighs more. He's stronger than the starting linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like if Jalen gets to the secondary here, it's going to be hard to bring him down. And, you know, in a Super Bowl, he's laying everything out that he has on the line. And that's why, like, whatever Sp- Steve Spagnuolo is coming up with it for this Super Bowl, I have no idea. Like, I-, I have no idea what to expect. Part of me thinks he's going to blitz a ton. But then you see throughout the season, they haven't blitzed a lot. They've struggled against mobile quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen, right? The amount of times Josh Allen has broken off big plays against them. I I don't know. I I really don't. And I think looking at the way that they've defended Buffalo in the air in the past, which is something I was doing earlier this week, is smart. Because you're like, all right, well, similar, like two really good wide receivers, good passing offense. How do you defend that? But then that completely negates how good the Eagles are going to be running the ball, which we still haven't talked about. But that is the most important aspect, I think, of the Eagles' offense here. Like, you have to at least get them to respect Jalen's arm. But running the football with Jalen in this running back room is what's going to keep Mahomes off the field. It's what's going to sustain drives. It's getting yourself in second and short, third and short, right, and picking up first downs, draining the clock. And doing so also is demoralizing, right? Like, when you have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and this offensive line just destroying you at the line of scrimmage, that kind of, like – takes the will out of defensive linemen. That's not to say that they're just going to roll over, but it's hard, right? It's hard when you're getting beaten down like that, right? And the Eagles can just bury teams and they, they're kind of like a modern football version of the broad street bullies. Like that's the mentality of that offensive line. And I think that's going to carry them really far because throwing the ball is going, they're going to need to do it at some point. They definitely need Kansas city to respect it, but it's just as important for the Eagles to be able to run the balls consistently, which, I think they're going
2: to. I think so too. But to your point, you know those demoralizing plays. It never. All
0: right, Scotty, we're losing Sc- Scotty. Can you hear us? All right, we just lost Scotty. But I think what he was trying to say is is understanding the depth and the different ways that the Eagles' offense can attack you, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what makes defending this offense, top to bottom, is, as as difficult as it is because the eagles can run for 300 yards against it we've seen them do it this year right there yeah. was the game where miles and jalen both had 150 yards each and the eagles have a full backfield full of guys and the way that kenny gainwell has been running right now like that's going to make a huge huge impact uh and then you you can sprinkle in the passing game from there and take your shots when they pop up
1: absolutely and the other thing too is that to your point they, they go all three tight ends sometimes our boy Grant Calcaterra gets in and makes some key blocks. And then the other thing, Kelsey's so athletic, right? We're talking about how do you cr- attack this defense without, you know, basically getting away from Chris Jones. I would not be surprised to see like if they want to go left out of shotgun, have Lane Dickerson just smash down on Jones, have Kelsey pull around him and just go, go outside, just run away from him. And Chris Jones, as good as he is, if there's a human being in front of him and Kelsey's running out to the left and taking on a linebacker or like God forbid a corner or a safety. Um, Miles Sanders can run right behind them. Uh, obviously Boston Scott can do it. And Kenny Gainwell has come on at yeah. the end of this year. He really has his slashing ability. He was getting, cause he didn't play as much in the first series or two. And then all of a sudden he's getting ripping off eight yard run, 12 yard run, all this stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to see that.
0: Yeah. I, and, and Kenny, again, the the lack, you know, not having as much reps, as you know, he's got less wear and tear on his body, and it's it's come through. It's very similar to the 2017 team when you had you know Corey Clement come out and have a huge game in the Super Bowl and on that run, Jay Ajayi coming in halfway through the season with fresher legs, and obviously Legarrette uh, Legarrette Blunt kind of being your your every down guy. But also like even though Miles is a little banged up, Miles has been awesome in this postseason. He ran all over. The, the 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 giants and then had what two touchdowns in the first half against the uh against the niners last week to, or two weeks ago too like yeah miles I wasn't even is, mad <laughs> yeah i mean but like yeah it's your boy too but like miles is going to be a big threat in this game and the the other thing too and this is something the eagles have done so well all season which a lot of people early on said that's ah, getting you know, regression it's all going to come back the eagles don't turn the football over like they do such a good job like they have posters in the Eagles locker room with the three most important things about ball carrying alone, right? Security, the correct hand. And there's, there's like a third one too, but, and they have pictures that's like Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders and one other guy, but they're all holding the ball the exact same way. And like that little attention to detail is huge because you have one fumble. Like I can't, I'm sure there's been a couple this year, but there are very few running back fumbles just from running the ball that we've seen this Eagles team have all year. And again, protecting the football, limiting the amount of times Mahomes touches the ball. Like, I'll make this prediction now. If the Eagles come out of this Super Bowl with zero turnovers offensively, they're going to win the game. If the Eagles have zero turnovers in this game, the Eagles will win this football game. Well, Uh, and the
2: other thing – the other I was thing say, too Scott, which is,
0: we, we you cut out on us we lost you from the zoom I want to make sure you get your point in there that you oh yeah
2: well I I was saying it's 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 all guys that that aren't the the stars necessarily it's the Kenny Gainwells of the world it's it's the Quez Watkins coming up with a big catch over the middle it's it's hell I've been watching these simulations I got Grant Calcaterra coming up with a big catch on third down one yard or uh, one catch six yards first down big first down in the third quarter how about that um I, I think that, that's a huge part. And then, and then what you touched on, Jeff, just there, which is what I think is the most critical part of this game. The ability for the Eagles to, and this is something Vito said, and, and then I heard Mina Kimes say it on NFL Live yesterday. So, way to go. You out, you out, uh, out, uh, scored her on, on that one there, Vito. Um, but keeping the ball, not just time of possession, but how many plays can you get in the game, right? The Eagles, uh, have. Over over the past three games, including the playoffs, of so the last game of the regular season, uh, rank first overall in plays per game with seventy, uh, and and the Chiefs are are sixteenth in that regard on defense. They allow the most plays per game, um, and then you, seconds per play. If you want to talk break it down even further, uh, the they're they're both tied at like 30, 30 seconds per play. So the ability for for Jalen Hurts to be game manager too, let alone on, on top of his talent, I think. Has gone sort of a, you know, off to the off to the side on the back burner because of of what we see in the highlight reels with his explosive offense. But uh, I think that's going to be the absolute critical uh, part of the game is keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands.
0: Hundred percent, right? And that's what we're saying too. It's like it's not even time of possession; it's the total number of possessions. Like that is that is the stat. We've seen Mahomes score in 13 seconds or get his team to go down and score in 13 seconds in in the, uh, what was it, the divisional round last year against Buffalo, right? Like, yeah. they can they can do it. Him and Kelsey can draw something up in the dirt and find a way, especially later in the game, which is why if the Eagles have a lead, those long eight to 10 minute, maybe not 10, but those like six to nine minute drives that we've seen the Eagles have all year where they just drain the clock and they bully you and they keep the other team's offense off the field and it ends in a touchdown because the Eagles have gotten so good. The Chiefs are the second-worst red zone defense in the league. If the Eagles get to the 20 with their ability to run the football, there should be no excuses for them not scoring touchdowns every time they get inside the 20. And And the Eagles are
2: a top-10 red zone defense in in scoring allowed. A
0: hundred percent. Now, again, and we'll get to the we'll take a break in a little bit and we'll get to the other side there. But the Eagles have the advantage offensively. But the difference from them, because I think with a banged up Jalen, they score 27 points. Just being able to run the ball. I I and like limited Jalen, like the Jalen we've seen for the last couple weeks. If we see a healthier Jalen who's throwing the ball better, completing on deep balls, the Eagles could could put up 35 to 40 points in this game against this Chiefs defense. I I really do believe that. Now, that's probably best-case scenario, but I think 35 with a healthy Jalen is not that crazy. I mean, obviously the game was weird and a little bit different, but they put up 31 against the best defense in the NFL a week ago, right? They've hung up points against good defenses all season long. We've talked a ton about, oh, well, like, what quarterbacks have the Eagles played this year? Well, the Eagles have also played some pretty good defenses, right? They have had their Detroit's, but you know Detroit and Minnesota, but Washington, Jacksonville, Dallas, uh, Pittsburgh's defense. They remember they hung thirty-five up on Pittsburgh. Uh, you have uh, Green Bay's defense, who had an up-and-down season, thirty-five against the Titans. Uh, there's good defenses up and down this whole roster, this whole line. From what they've seen, in addition to the fact that they beat the Niners and put up thirty-one against them, and then hung. Uh, not only 48 against the Giants in the regular season, but then 38 against them in the postseason with a banged-up Jalen Hurts. So to suggest that, hey, the Niners definitely a better defense than the Chiefs, and the Giants are at least on, on the, the same wavelength as defense of, of defensive talent and skill level as what the Chiefs are, the Eagles should, should put up 30-plus points in this game pretty comfortably. Where would you say right now for both of you, ballpark and points scored expected, for the Eagles in this game.
1: I'm going to go 33 for the birds. Yeah. I, I think you're going to get some field goals. I think you could even have the opportunity to get some touchdowns and then like maybe even 34 if you, if you, but it's hard to score all touchdowns in a Super Bowl. It just is. Um, you know, I just, I just always remember even a couple of years ago, the Rams and Pats, like you think, Oh, it's going to be a high scoring game. And then all of a sudden it's a 10 to three games. You have no real idea. That's Bill Belichick though. So that's a, he's a question mark in a box. You can never read, but I think they'll end up getting 30 or 30, 33, 35 points. What about you, Scotty? I, I want to temper that a little bit because they can score. Right.
2: I just think realistically when, when you talk about, especially if you think uh, as I do too, Jeff, that the first quarter is going to be a little feeling out process. I'm in like the 27 to 30 range. Um, just slightly lower than you guys, but I I think that's that's easily doable with the offense they have and the amount of possessions they should be able to have if they if they're able to score that many points, um and then what what you get on the defensive side of the ball too.
0: Now, does that number change for either of you? If if, if I could guarantee you, like, hey, Jalen's arm is good; he's connecting on the deep ball. He, he looks back to regular season, Jalen. Does that number change?
1: I'm assuming that honestly, I'm assuming that he's almost there. Let's say eighty to ninety percent. So I, I think maybe a little bit, maybe that gets to the 35, but I think they're going to be in that 30 to 35 range.
2: Yeah. I, again, I could see a world where, where that's the case. And, and whatever they did over the past two weeks, they somehow figured out uh, the math behind the, the chiefs defense and Jalen's like I'm four plays ahead of you guys. And I'm just launching balls because I'm a Hundy P and I, uh, and, and we got a bazooka back here in the uh, in the QB slot. So uh, screw you guys, screw all the haters. We're putting up 45 on the Chiefs. I can see a world where that happens, but I mean, realistically, it's their first time in the Super Bowl uh, for for most of this team, most of this offense. Um, and and I think you know the guys that have been the most experience they have in the Super Bowl is on that line. So I think the protection there helps. Um, but it just like the, like you said, the first quarter. Uh, even, even through part of the second quarter, I think it's going to be like, how do we maintain the ball enough that we don't get Mahomes? Uh, so getting like 20 plus points on the board before halftime. Um, yeah. and, and that's why I think it's going to be realistically somewhere in the 27 to 30 range.
0: Which I th- I think is probably a good target zone. I think with a healthy Jalen, I think that number's higher. 10 out of their 16 games so far, the Eagles have scored 29 or more points. Or yeah, 10 out of their sixteen 16 uh, wins, I should say. Um, and that's not even including like the Minnesota win that they just blew the doors off of them and it wasn't even close to so the Washington win in, in weeks two and three where they were at 24, right? Um, the Eagles have been held to under 20 points one time this season. Uh, and that was the, the game against Indianapolis that they ended up winning. I, I look at this team and and trying to find a decent comp, like the Chiefs defense, I mean, you can't even say like Washington, who's like kind of weak and younger in the secondary, but has a good defensive line because outside of Chris Jones, like I know Frank Clark has like, has had his moments in the playoffs, but there's not a whole lot there that, that, that scares me. So I, I don't know. I, I feel good about this Eagles offense. I think with a fully healthy Jalen, I think it's 30 plus points, but I think I agree with you, Scott, because unlike Vito, I look at it a little bit more um, pessimistically. Like I'm not going to assume that Jalen's back to hundred percent, or even, you know, 80 to 90%, like you were saying, Vito, because it was two, it was what, three weeks ago, he said before the Giants game to Pam Oliver, right? I'm nowhere close to 100%. And that was three weeks ago. And he played a game against San Francisco. Now he's had time off. They haven't had to practice as much. He's probably a little bit closer. Um, but Jalen's going to have to make throws for this offense to run at optimal speed. And for reasons we'll talk about on the other side here, um, you know, He's probably going to need to throw the football for the Eagles to win this game. And it may not have to be 300 yards, three touchdowns, right? It just may have to be like 250 yards and no interceptions. I think that's where we're, where we're looking at. So uh, let's, we'll get to the other side of the ball here. Eagles off uh, Eagles defense against the chiefs offense. We'll attack that stuff on the other side. Very interesting here, but this side of the ball though. And uh, the other thing too, is I'll, I'll never put it past Steve Spagnola. I mean, he game planned the last time they were in a Super Bowl, he got fully dummed by Byron Leftwich, And I think Shane Shane Steichen can do the same thing. Um, and I also think, and this is a point we can bring up later too. When you have two weeks, right, to to break everything down and listen to everything, you start to overthink stuff so hard to the point where, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but you know, Steve Spagnola, he's done it before, he can create all these things, he can scheme four or five things ahead. Eagles just better, right? At the end of the day, the Eagles offense is just better. And and that's you what Super
2: Bowl week does to you. A
0: hundred percent, right? And it's like we I had a week to stress about the Niners defense and I was stressed. I've had two weeks to think about this Chiefs defense, and I'm more stressed for the Chiefs defense somehow than I was for the Niners defense. You know, and that's your team ah, playing. Ah, the passage the, of time. <laughs> that's your team playing in the Super Bowl and waiting two weeks. But it is important to remember like the Eagles are a better better on that side of the ball against this Chiefs defense and it'll be fun to see so uh quick break we'll be back on the other side we will hit Eagles defense going up against this vaunted uh Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes one of the best all right the other side of the ball here we got Chiefs offense Eagles defense I think this is where more of the uncertainty comes into how this game is gonna go I've, I yeah. do feel like the Eagles Offense against the Chiefs' defense, I, like we said, like I think pretty comfortably. Even with the if Jalen's not, uh, you know, if he's sixty five percent, I still think the Eagles can put up twenty seven points, which should be enough to win this game. Um, but I'm looking at this game with this part of the game, right? With uh, Mahomes, you can go, and we will in a second go by position group, and you, you you feel good about the Eagles, but it's still Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean Mahomes, and I know scotty you've had your frustrations with the way the media talks about him and you have you're one of the few fan bases out there that has a reason to really hate mahomes and 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 you know the the what could have been super bowl um but Ugh. when you play against the <laughs> guy like mahomes it is terrifying. that's what he does to you that's what it he is, does yeah. Though <laughs> it's it is horrifying man and Vito, you're a broncos fan you have to watch him do this to your defense two times a year all um, the fucking
1: time, man. He's so – in the second – and I'm just going to say this because to your point, we played him well. L- or late in the year, we were playing well. It doesn't matter. Just late in the game, he's going to make the play. And that's why it's so frustrating to play this kid.
0: Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's not just him. It's him and Kelsey, right? Like that, that yes. marriage. Yeah. But the fact that – and this is something that we talked about before the season, right? Like I, my pick, I had Kansas City going to the Super Bowl this year. Both of you guys were a little bit down on on Kansas City because they were losing Tyreek Hill. And what I said was I thought, and actually I'm pretty proud of this, I think it's probably my most accurate prediction I had all year, was that I still thought the Chiefs were going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Not only were they one of, they were the best offense statistically. Number one in EPA, uh, number one in um, uh, offensive DVOA as well. Like We're talking about the best offense in the NFL by pretty much every statistical margin, and that's with Losing a guy that is worth 30 million dollars a year when he's getting paid down there in Miami now, right? Uh, yeah. and we all know how good Tyreek is, but this season has been a stamp on what makes Mahomes Mahomes, right? And this is why, like, even though all the facts seem like, yeah, the Eagles should be the ones that are favored to win this game, the narrative side of me, which is like sports for whatever reason seems to work out in narratives more often than not. This yeah. is the year that Mahomes like cements his status as like pretty much a hall of famer already. Like if he wins the super bowl, it's kind of impossible to be like, no, we're actually not going to keep you we're not going to put you in the super bowl, even though you've only played six seasons and have been the super bowl three times and six AFC championship games and all that good stuff. Um, So how do you stop this guy? Right. What, what do you do? You know, do you, do you, do you look at what Buffalo did? Right. And when Buffalo beat them this year and they had invested in all those guys, Von Miller was still playing and, they got mm-hmm. to Mahomes in big moments and forced him to try to be the superhero. Like to me, what's dangerous with Mahomes on like a leg and a half is that he's going to play within himself more, which in a lot of ways is a little more dangerous. I kind of want Mahomes to feel like, hey, there's pressure coming. I'm going to try to make a throw that no one else can because I have this arrogance to me, this arm arrogance, I should say, which is deserved because he's unbelievably yeah. talented. I kind of yeah. wish he had that because the, the play that sealed the win for. Buffalo against Kansas City this past year, Buffalo was up to I think it was 24 to 23 or something like that, 24-21 and uh they had pressure at Mahomes. He's getting hit on one foot does one of his sidearm throws and as he's getting hit doesn't see the the defender coming up picks him off and that's ball game, right? I don't know if we're going to see that version of Mahomes. We're going to see probably a more restrained version who's still going to make plays. I mean, that's what he does, but I don't know. What would you guys say is the key if you could pick one thing? Like, this is the one thing you have to do when trying to slow down Patrick Mahomes is X.
2: In this game, right now, given the scenario, um, with what I think is still an ankle that's nowhere near 100%, got to get him out of the pocket. Because if you let him stand in there in the pocket and throw darts, he's going to cook you all day long. If, If you force him to move, and look, we know how good the Eagles defensive line is at getting pressure at the quarterback. We've seen it all season long and throughout the playoffs. Um, but this is, this is pound for pound. One of the best offensive lines in the league besides the Eagles uh, in, in the Kansas city chiefs. So um, if you can get pressure, get hits on him, like he's, he's, he's not, he's not going to be great enough. I think, and, in, in escaping that number one number two those sacks are going to come uh and number three you get him out of the pocket and force him to to throw off of that back foot uh with with a bum ankle and force his arm to make the play look tj white or uh, tj edwards Kazir white even cj garner johnson coming down making plays uh, they can spread the ball spread all all 53 yards of, of the width of the field like those, that's what those guys are talented at on on the Eagles' defense. So you force him to do that. I think it forces him into some turnovers, let alone uh, bad plays where he's where he's not connecting. Uh, and I think that's going to be the key for the uh, for the Eagles' defense to contain Mahomes.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I look at it flip side, right? Because w- what did the Chiefs need to do to be successful? And I think it's contain that pass rush. I think the line can do it. I think the, Wiley's probably the tackle that you're going to look at that matchup with Reddick and be like, oh shit uh if you're a Chiefs fan and and really it's like all right does kelsey have to chip on almost every play and if so can he still get open where he needs to be in time for mahomes i think that's it like can he handle it without having help especially on the chip side or even the running back side because i'll tell you what the Eagles are decent towards the middle upper middle of the pack against tight ends and kelsey's just torn everybody up all year so you know uh, my projection is that he's going to have 10 catches or so, or at least 10 targets. And yes. like, it, it's going to have to be the Mahomes to Kelsey connection, finding space against Kazir White and these other linebackers. And it's not like the Eagles safeties can, no one can cover Kelsey. So I, it's, I don't care how great any team is to your point, Scott, you got to disrupt where the ball's coming from because once it's in the air going towards Kelsey, it's successful most of the time. So uh, can you go ahead and get pressure on him? Um, and for the Chiefs, it's it all comes down to their line play and, and trying to get some, I guess, protection without sacrificing your attacking ability. This goes back to Bill Belichick says this a lot. It goes back to 200, 300 B.C., the art of war by uh, and, and Sun Tzu and just talking about, you know, um, use your your strengths to attack and attack your opponent's weaknesses and try and cover up your weaknesses. And right now, the weakness of this Chiefs offense, or you get to the Super Bowl, you don't have too many. It's probably the playmaking ability on the outside and it's the right tackle in terms of pass protection. So can they do enough to protect that without sacrificing their own offense and attack? So I'll just say this. If you see Kelsey sitting in there chipping all the time, I think it actually benefits the Eagles. And uh, I I do think they're going to have to come up with some, some way to, to, you know, do something to Kelsey again. He's going to get his own. Don't try and jump in front of him and pick it off. Just make sure the second he hits it, you're wrapping up right around the knees and just bringing this guy down. You know, like you got to just get him down right when he catches the ball. Don't try and tackle him high. Don't try and play out of yourself. They're gonna score touchdowns, all right. Or at least drive the ball. Hopefully they don't score any touchdowns because again, Eagles' defense is solid in the red zone, if not great. But you're just gonna have to deal with Kelsey with what you can and and let everything else happen. If you can get a couple of those rushes in, man, that'd be huge. And and I really do think. Obviously, Mahomes is almost robotic when he gets pressure, just dumping it where the open guy is. He's so great at that. But as long as you can make that not Travis Kelsey, he's not, you know, you're getting pressure. He chips and he's not to that five yard spot that Mahomes is used to him in practice. And he has to dump it to McKinnon off in the right side. The Eagles defense can swarm up and make that play. And, and that's to me the key of this of this game on this side of the ball.
0: Which they, they definitely can. Um, I, I think a big part of this, too, though, is how the Chiefs try to neutralize the the pass rush, right? Because there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Obviously, with Kelsey, they line him up every and anywhere on the field. So the the idea of like, hey, there's one guy traveling with Kelsey all the time, you're going to do that in some cases. But Gannon, and this is a stat I I heard that actually kind of blew my mind. Um, Eagles all season, we're talking about, oh, all this zone that they've been playing, right? since week 10, yeah. the, the Eagles are actually ninth in a uh, total number of man-to-man coverages, right? So the Eagles have played man coverage the ninth most in the NFL since week 10, which was surprising to me, right? Because it feels like, Hey, they play so much zone. You have to play Travis Kelsey, man-to-man, but Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been playing really, really well, both in man and in zone. So, I feel good about, and, and the numbers with the Eagles against number one, you know, wide receivers this year have been phenomenal, right? Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, name off whatever Eagles players you want to name off. Like there are plenty of, of top tier CD lamb, right? Like the Eagles have done a really good job against number one wide receivers all season by sticking Slay and Bradbury on them. And the two of them have to completely eliminate MVS juju like those guys have to be completely eliminated by the outside which is going to force cj garner johnson and probably even though i don't like to say it kazeer white or tj edwards or reed or avante maddox to play man-to-man with travis kelsey which is worrisome right i mean if avante goes man-to-man on there i like it but avante is also a small guy right and just the way that travis kelsey uses his body to get separation uncontested catches where it's like when you slow it down, you're like, how is that not pass interference, but you watch it real time, and it looks nothing like pass interference whatsoever. Like, that's going to be a really tough challenge, and I think the Eagles are going to do a good job of being able to neutralize uh, the, the wide receivers in this game, and you might just have to live with Travis Kelsey getting, like you said, Vito, you know, 11 targets, 8 catches, and, and, you know, 90-something yards, and maybe he gets a touchdown or two, but you'll take that when you know that the rest of your, you know, the wide receivers for Mahomes – are completely gone but if you're Kansas City what's going to neutralize the pass rush better than anything else the screen game and who has the best screen game in the NFL the Kansas City Chiefs right Mm. it's the fastest way the two things I would guarantee for both teams the Eagles on, on their first possession Eagles will take a deep shot the Chiefs are going to throw a screen if not multiple screens right because they have to do something to keep those defensive linemen from the eagles from just pinning their ears back and going after mahomes the whole time which is why and we talked about this in the uh the game against san francisco right like Kazir white tj edwards cj garner johnson they were gonna have to fly around the field making tackles on open running reed blankenship too when he went in like the one play in because it was in the fourth quarter and no one was really paying attention as to how serious it was but reed blankenship forcing the fumble on christian mccaffrey at the end of the game like That was a huge hit against one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL. They're going to need to do that against guys like Pacheco and McKinnon. McKinnon, I'm not so worried about. Pacheco, I am, right? Because Pacheco runs like a fucking madman every time he touches the ball, and that's going to be a tough dude to bring down. So can the Eagles tackle an open space when they do? Can they get off their blocks and make it so, hey, you're going to try to neutralize our pass rush by throwing the screen game? But guess what? The screen game isn't working because we're able to get pressure on you with four guys and we can have an extra linebacker, or an extra defensive back there who can make tackles and force you to push the ball downfield. In which case, then you're going to have to deal with our secondary. Then you're going to have to try to beat Darius Slay. Then you're going to have to try to beat James Bradbury one-on-one with MVS or Juju. Right. And then can you, obviously the big one is, is Kelsey, which Kelsey is going to get his, but you have to limit it. Like can't be the, like against the game against Jacksonville where it was, 14 catches for a hundred and whatever was yards and two touchdowns. You can't have that stat line for Travis Kelsey in this game because he will end up wrecking you particularly on third down. So you have to have somebody on his hip at all times on third down. So that way he's not the reason you give up those third downs, but just going back again, the Eagles aggressive on fourth down, the chiefs not aggressive on fourth down. So the Eagles have a distinct advantage there. The Eagles, if they can get stops on third down, We'll get the ball back. That's just what that's what Andy Reid has done time after time. So the Eagles have to fight to get those stops on third down, force Kansas City to punt. And then if you can, I mean, Mahomes threw 11 interceptions this year, right? On top of that, the Chiefs have fumbled the ball 16 times this year, right? They average a fumble a game. Force yeah. Travis. Travis Kelsey's fumbled three times this year, right? Like, force their star players, even if they do connect. Force turnovers, however you can right? Keep your contain inside the pocket, right? And we're going to see a lot of times Hassan Reddick, and we're going to see it a lot with, and this is going back to our prop bets. Josh Sweat for Super Bowl MVP is plus 15,000. What's to say that Josh Sweat doesn't have the game? What's to say that Josh Sweat doesn't have the game that we thought Hassan Reddick was going to have, right? We made the case for Hassan Reddick to win MVP and he was plus 2,800, plus 15,000. He's going up against the Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown's fine. He's a decent tackle, but we saw Josh Sweat bull rushing Trent Williams last week, and he's unbelievably fast around the edge. I think Josh Sweat could be in for a monster game in this game as well.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, too, the to go back a little bit to neutralizing the screen game, I think a, a huge help in that area for the Eagles is the names you have on your defensive line and in the second level, right? Like, yeah. the ability for, for Josh Sweat, in addition to Hassan Redick, in addition to... Uh, it's thrown to Kobe Dean out there along with uh, with T.J. Edwards uh, in the middle and Kazir White. And Kobe's
0: not going to play in this game.
2: But, I mean, he'll play but on
0: special teams, but...
2: Those guys' ability to keep that in front of them, like, I, I, I don't know how... The the screen game gets effective because those guys are so fast and so talented and so good at making tackles and keeping things in front of them. Just because Hassan Reddick's a great rusher does not mean he's not a great all around player. He is like he's he's proven that, oh, yeah. uh, like all well, throughout what, this season. And what's interesting and, and
0: too, and this is to I didn't mean to interrupt Scotty, but just on that point specifically, one of the things that I've fucking have hated that the Eagles have done all year defensively is when they drop Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick into coverage. <clears throat> However, if Gannon calls those plays, those designs at the right time, when the chiefs are about to run a screen, the screen is dead, right? Yeah. You have his oh, son yeah. Reddick lined up, like his ears are pinned back, ready to rush the passer. And he drops and back drop out him. into the flat. Yeah. Like there's going to be audible calls defensively, which is why TJ Edwards is going to have to be really on it. And Jonathan Gannon's going to have to be on it. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a decent amount of that particular now, That sounds stupid because like, well, what do you mean? Like we want to pressure Mahomes as much as possible. But if the, and this goes back to that staying one step ahead, the best way I think for the Eagles defensive line to not be effective is if the screen game is effective for Kansas city. So how do you defend that? Well, mix in that mix in, Hey, Hassan, you're ready for him. You know, he's going to be in there. You can, do a stunt on the inside with BG or Javon Hargrave mixing on the outside, Fletcher Cox. You're still getting really good pass rushers in on Mahomes, but you can drop Hassan out into the flat or Josh Sweat out into the flat. I mean, that's how uh, Josh Sweat had the pick six against uh, Dallas on Christmas Eve was that mm-hmm. exact concept where the Cowboys tried to run a screen pass. Hassan or uh, Josh Sweat stepped, then went back into his coverage. Then, as Dak starts rolling out, he meets him there. Boom, pick, takes it all the way to the house, right? Like, Those kinds of plays I think will be a very useful way for the Eagles to try to neutralize what the Chiefs are going to do to try to neutralize them, which, again, goes back to this fucking mental chess game is we're going to do this, but I think they're going to do that. So because they're going to do that and they think we're going to do this and we're going to do this instead.
2: And in the pass rush, you don't even – you could just run that out and anticipate a screen, and then you can go stunt one of those guys uh, off off the edge, whether it's Redick or, uh, or, um, or Josh Sweat. And just stun him because you know Fletch is going to get double teamed. Um, stun him around and then you get a pat, an easy rush at Mahomes. Flush him out of the pocket.
1: With how well – the other thing I just want to say is with how well this this defense played against the run against the last two opponents, or really all year, I would not be surprised if Andy Reid goes classic Andy Reid and just says, you know what, we're going to run like five times this game. And Mahomes is gonna set the new Super Bowl record for attempts. Like I could yeah. easily see that happening of just and most of them to your point, like thirty to fifty percent of them are all within like five to seven yards, you know, other than other than if, obviously he's gonna have his other fifty percent just making beast plays, but at least attempting it.
0: But what's interesting about that veto too is it's like, well, where has this Eagles defense been the most susceptible all season? Against the so right up the middle, yeah, right? off the yeah, middle it, specifically, and Humphrey's now,
1: a beast of a center.
0: Now since, yeah, and Humphrey's great. And, and they're a much better pass-blocking offensive line than they are a run-blocking team, but that's also because they don't like to run the ball. But with a guy like Pacheco, you know, they'll probably run it like 15 times, would be my guess, in that kind of ballpark. Or again, just to kind of keep the Eagles offense or Eagles defense kind of honest with that. But if you're the Chiefs, you have to run the football. Like, you, you this your best chance, stati- again, statistically, and based off what the, the film and the numbers tell you, is – to run the football. But we also know the Eagles have had a top 10 rush defense since they've added the Joseph mm-hmm. Ndamukong and then got John uh, Jordan Davis back a couple weeks later. But mm-hmm. I think what the chiefs are going to be doing this week is they're going to be watching that Cowboys game on Christmas Eve. Right. And watch everything that they did there. Now, remember yeah. the Eagles should have won that game. The Eagles also, their running game was nowhere near as explosive as it was uh, before, because Jalen wasn't playing in that game, that was Gardner Minshew, and they had to convert a third and 30 in order to do that. If the Eagles can hang up 33 points against the Dallas defense, you know, they hung up 31 against San Francisco, 38 against the Giants, they should be able to hang 30 here. But can the Eagles defense make the plays? Don't give up that third and 30. Like we were talking about this before Vito. Uh, I think it was last week about how terrified you are when it's Mahomes dropping back on a third and third and long, it could be third and 25. And yet you're still scared out of your mind about the fact that
1: Mahomes is dropping back to throw that football. Every player is nervous on that defense, the defensive line, the linebackers, the corners, the safeties, they're all like, fuck, man, this guy could literally go anywhere. It's, it's what Belichick used to say about Barry Sanders. When, when, when Mahomes has the ball, everyone's at the point of attack. You have no idea who's going to have to make that play. It's crazy.
0: All right, let me ask you this question here cuz I want to I want this for both defenses, both the Eagles and Chiefs. Who is the most important player on both teams defensively?
1: Like one per team or just one just for both?
0: One the no, one for both teams. So if we'll start with the we'll start with the Eagles. Who's the most because we're talking about that now? Who's the most important player on this Eagles
1: defense going into this week? Man. Can I cop out and say whoever's guarding Kelsey? Uh well, <laughs> I mean, is, it's, it's a cop out. I would say I would do, uh, just uh, in real though. I do think it's Son Reddick. I, I think just the run he's had in the playoffs, and and he, I think he's going up against the one weak point again of that of that offensive line. So that's that's my bet. Scotty,
2: I think it's T.J. Edwards, the guy with the green dot on the helmet, because he's going to be able to yeah. let the secondary know what's going on, and and Mahomes, who's one of the be- best guys at the line, he's best at everything, but at the line of scrimmage too. <laughs> Um in particular he's gonna be able to to call out what coverage between him and Jonathan Gannon call out what coverage uh is necessary for uh to make the big play uh not happen on against them
0: uh both are great picks and both are really important in this game I think the most important player is c j gardner johnson uh, I would have said him or Maddox too is in the secondary cj Johnson johnson's going to be the swiss army army knife in this game he's going to have the most asked of him in this game he's going to be asked to cover kelsey man to man he's going to be asked to come down and defend the screens and the one thing when i was going back and watching the film against san francisco he was everywhere everywhere all at once yeah and that dude is about i do not sure if you remember, the clip's been going around again, but the Alshon Jeffrey clip from the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they were like, some reporter asked him, like, hey, yeah, like, are you excited? Like, how, you know, how exciting is this week for you? And he goes, man, like, fuck this week. He was like, I wish you could have stayed in Philly and showed up on Saturday. He's like, this sucks. Like, didn't want to be there. Every, inter- every interview CJ Garner Johnson's had at Media Days has been the exact same energy. He's like, somebody asked him, like, about his contract and, like, do you want to hit the free agency as a corner or as a safety and he was like dude I don't I don't care he's like I, I'm I wanna, I'm he's like, he's the like I'm Bowl. here for a Super Bowl dude like that's <laughs> the he's, he literally said he's like the market I'm interested in is the market of winning a Super Bowl that's all I'm interested in and then that's they cool. asked him would you want to stay in Philly and he was like who wouldn't want to play here man Are you kidding me and I was like hell yeah fucking love CJ Gardner-Johnson but like yeah. he's the guy who's going to have the most asked of him. He's going to have to drop back in coverage. He's going to have to play deep half safety. Right. He's going to have to go up and 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 make plays in the running defense. He's going to have to be all over the place. And I think he's it. All right. Other side of the ball. Chiefs defense. Who is the most important player? Because I think we know for the offensive side from both sides. But who's the most important defensive player for the Chiefs?
1: I mean, I'm going to go outside of of the obvious choice, probably. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go with uh, oh God, there's a couple, it's really the corners in the secondary, but you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Snead and just say, you got it. You're going to have, you're going to have to play. And he's played well this year. You're going to have to play insanely well against AJ Brown. And I don't know if like, that's not easy for anybody. So it's no knock on him, but you're going to have your shots. You're going to have at least three deep balls thrown on you and you better lock up well. And if you don't um, it's their game changing plays. It's, it's really crazy. I I just think that he's going to have the spotlight on him because of that. And Jalen and AJ Brown are going to put him in uncomfortable positions. And can you, can you not interfere? Right. Can you play solid defense, get your head around or not make contact? That's really tough when you're going up against someone as physical as AJ Brown, that's really tough.
0: And he's got to be the lead guy too. You yeah. know, he has to be the number one guy.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same, uh, in the same level as you, but I'm going to say the rookie Trent McDuffie, cause he's going to be asked to help out a lot uh, <laughs> yeah. on those, on those plays with luxurious Sneed and minimize some of the, the mid range stuff that, uh, not necessarily the, uh, the deep ball and go route or something, but, you know, uh, being able to make the tackle in open space when AJ Brown gets the ball on a, on a, on a mid range slant play. Um, or Quez taking care of Quez Watkins when legerius needs over here trying to defend the deep ball against uh against uh Devonte smith something like that uh and i think that's huge yeah.
0: I, I think both corners i mean you can make the case for justin reed Juan thornhill I, I i mean chris jones is obviously the chalky pick but i think the eagles are game planning for him i'm gonna give it to frank clark um yeah. i'd say frank clark or george Karloftis. i mean um, you know Carlos Dunlap's gonna get put in the mix there too, but they're gonna ask yeah. a lot out of the rookie and George Koloftis, who's been on a heater. I mean, if he can kind of continue, it kind of reminds me of like Derek Barnett in the Eagles year. He was the rookie DN, right? And recovered yeah. the Brandon Graham fumble. Like he I think the D line is gonna have to somehow if the Chiefs are gonna win. They're going to have to find ways to to force interceptions and to force sacks, right? Put the Eagles into negative plays, which the Eagles don't have a whole lot of negative plays, and that's going to be important. Um, All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll make our cases and make our picks for what we think need an exact score from the boys. And uh, we're going to put our picks in for Super Bowl 57 on the other side. All right, we've talked about it. This is our fourth pod that we've had that has been primarily about the super bowl it's two weeks of anxiety if you're a fan of one of these two teams it's two weeks of obsessing over the facts and the numbers and statistics and the cases and narratives and everything else if you're not a fan of one of those two teams and if you're a fan of football you probably just did it anyway but we are here our official picks i need you guys to set the scene for me and i need you guys to tell me how it's going to happen, paint the picture, and then give me a score as to how it ends. So who wants to go first?
1: I'll take it, man. Uh, I would love to. Up first. I've been painting this image in my mind for two weeks. So uh, let's go. I, what I see happening is, number one, most important thing, the Chiefs call tails on the coin toss, and they win because the last eight coin toss winners have lost. And uh, then they defer eagles get the ball roll down score touchdown first possession chiefs get out there move the ball maybe three maybe not back the eagles up the eagles with a long drive i think i think we're going to get a halftime and be like that was one of the shortest real-time first halves of a super bowl i think that's that's what's going to happen maybe three possessions each um maybe a fourth in there but i do think by the way
0: that should be a prop bet over under how long the first half will take in real time i like that i would oh that would be
1: a great one Look at us making our own bets. Uh, so, so uh, contact Jeff, if you want to take that, I uh, don't, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, uh, the, anyway, then I think, I think what we're going to see is Eagles up at half, maybe up 14, um, 10, you know, 17, 10, something like that, where they're going to score on each drive, maybe have a punt in there, but I do think the chiefs will keep it close. I think we see something crazy from Mahomes, but by the time Rihanna gets out there at half, I think Eagles fans are going to feel nervous because this is the closest game they've been in and, a month and a half and change. But uh, I do think coming out of that second half, they get the ball, they're going to go score. And the second half is going to be just almost like a shootout back and forth. um, A lot of big players making big plays. At some point, I think this Eagles defense forces a turnover, gets a short field, the Eagles punch it in. And that possession ends up being the difference. I think at the end of the game, it's going to come down to, can the Eagles... Against a nine to 10 man box, run this game out and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And the answer is they can. And they end up winning this game again. I'm thinking 30 um, to, to 24. And that's how they end up getting the win. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think Mahomes may get a shot at the end and be throwing it down. But to get in the end zone against the Seagulls D from 40, 50 yards out, that's that's tough man i don't care how good you are because their pressure is going to get in in four seconds no matter what your scheme is so um i think that's that's how i see it going down i have the eagles winning and uh and you know then i'll be facetiming jeff celebrating that's that's the way it's going down in my head at least so uh go birds i love it all right scotty you're up
2: with you all the way eagles get the ball first they score touchdown early uh it'll be uh it'll be miles sanders don't worry about it um and then uh Chiefs get the ball back three and out. Eagles get the ball back, touchdown. All of a sudden we're up 14-0, boys. And we're rolling in a halftime with a big lead after the uh the Chiefs kick. Uh no, we'll keep we'll keep it simple for the math because I'm not going to keep track of that. 14-0 at halftime. The Chiefs come out, get the ball, score, do the same thing to the to the to the Eagles that uh they did on offense. Touchdown, Mahomes. They figured it out. They made some adjustments. It's 14-7. Eagles get the ball back, kick a field goal. Chiefs get the ball back, score a touchdown. All of a sudden, we've got a lead change coming up. Uh, don't worry about it because here comes a turnover from the Eagles. Not to worry, not to worry, because it's all good. Your defense holds, gets the ball back, another touchdown for the Eagles, uh, and, and then it goes back and forth. And it's just keeping the keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Uh, they might get a, a late score coming down the pike um, just to, uh, to, to make it interesting in the fourth quarter. But the Eagles hold on and prevail 27-17.
0: a 10-point victory, Scotty, thinks the Eagles can keep this number one offense in football. I love love Jake Elliott with a
2: bomb of a field goal, too, in this game, like a 50-plus.
0: So it's interesting you say that, Scotty. I don't know who wins the coin toss. Uh, I I think we'll say – for the sake of uh, being a little different. I think the chiefs get the ball first, but I think the Eagles get a stop. I think the Eagles make a big play really early on defense. So the Eagles are going to know they have the ball coming out of halftime. I think the Eagles score in the first half. I think they score two touchdowns. I think the Eagles go into halftime with 14 points. Offense doesn't look great. A three and out here. I think they might force a turnover here and there. Maybe not capitalizing. It's going to be a close game. I think we're looking at 14 to 10 at halftime I think Eagles score twice and the Chiefs find the end zone they find a way to kick a field goal uh, you could convince me 17 to 10 if the Eagles get the ball last before halftime same thing with the Chiefs both teams are really really good at scoring right before the half so there'll be an extra three points at least added to one of these two teams in the last two minutes on a long drive whoever gets the ball I think puts up points before halftime Rihanna comes out shakes her ass does her whole thing we love that queen good for her And then we come back out in the second half. I think we have a really, really awesome second half. I think it's going to go back and forth. I think the Chiefs, Eagles, I think we're going to see back and forth games uh, or back and forth scoring here. And I think it's ultimately going to come down to a couple of key things. I think we see a late interception or fumble from Kansas City that the Eagles are going to get, right? I think it's going to look somewhat similar to 52, right? There's going to be a strip sack. Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, somebody, an interception, C.J. Garner-Johnson, somebody's going to be around the ball at the right place at the right time. The Eagles find a way to do it. They kick a field goal late to put them up six with the with about a minute or so left. The Eagles fans and the whole nation's going to be heart-thumping, people nervous, what are we going to see? I think the Eagles find a way to win. I'm taking the Eagles 38-35. to High-scoring affair. I think the Eagles win on some last-minute scoring. I wanted to say thirty-six to thirty, but I making the math work in my head there was hurting my head, so I'm going to say thirty-eight to five. But uh, actually, no, the math works out fine. We're going to say thirty-six to thirty. However, that works out, thirty-six to thirty. Eagles win the Super Bowl uh, because you know why. Because I can't say no. Both of you picked the <laughs> Eagles, and my gut said pick the Chiefs just to just so that way it wasn't you know Sunday night football where everybody picks the same team. But this is where we're at, boys. This is the fucking Super Bowl. This is the pinnacle of sports, and my favorite team is in it. And God damn it, as negative as I am as a fan, and you know I'm going to be negative during that game, it's going to be a whole lot of negative energy coming from this guy. That's just how I am. It's how I watch games. I own it. I embrace it. The birds are going to find a way to do it. They're going to win this game 36 to 30. It's going to be an all-time awesome Super Bowl. And hopefully is as good as Super Bowl 52. Uh, as long as the Eagles end up on top. So there's your picks. Vito, birds 30 to 24. Scotty, the birds 27 to 17. And myself, birds 36 to 30. In other words, take the over folks. All right. Thank you all for listening all football season. We're not going anywhere. We will be back recording on Monday, one way or the other. Uh, we will figure out a way. Maybe it might need to be Tuesday if, if Vito needs an extra travel day and I need a emotional recovery day, but there will be a podcast out Monday or Tuesday of next week uh, to get you guys um, caught up on everything that happened. And uh, if it's a po- it's, if it's positive, I'm getting champagne. We're doing shots. It's going to be a great fucking time. If they lose, it'll be a sad recounting. We're, we're doing
2: shots. <laughs> we're doing,
0: we're, we're drinking bourbon. We're, <laughs> we're gonna, That's we're right. gonna get through it. But either way, I love you. Go both. climb the mountain boys. Go thank, get it. Thank you guys for being with us all football season to the listeners. We love you guys. Thank you to Scotty and Vita who've sacrificed their football season to come on talk with me and, and talk to you guys. It's been a blast as it always is. And, you know, at this point, just say your prayers. the football gods and hope that uh hope that something good works out so for the boys i'm jeff go birds baby let's see it go birds take it easy everybody